With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Big Strong Lesser Boys podcast. Hopefully that doesn't annoy anybody, that opening intro music, but um, I'm sure you can appreciate and understand just trying to maybe make light of, of what is a pretty dire situation. Um, but welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Oh, I mean, where to start, to be honest? Um, I suggested in the group chat earlier on today that that maybe we just don't talk about football at all um, on, on this episode. Because I think we're, we're probably all in agreement that it was well. I mean, I mean, where do you start? It's, it's it really is that bad. It was, in my opinion, one of the the worst performances I think I've ever seen. You know, and of course, you know, we've we've lost games heavily, but for some reason there was just something about yesterday which was just absolutely hopeless from from start to finish and, and desperately poor and and painful in in many ways to watch. But then what we did do yesterday is um, we had our big strong Leicester boys night out which when I say it was it was a night out I'm not quite sure it, it, it equates to a full night out because it was ended quite abruptly um well it didn't go on as, as long as I expected but plenty of stories to tell from it um so we, we could well just talk about that but look um Jordan Jack and Rick are here with us and um do you know what Rick I am going to come straight to you and for everyone watching on on YouTube they can see right now you, you are reclined on the sofa and um, is it fair to say you're not feeling your sprightly best this evening? And you're muted, mate. <laughs> Rick, you're on mute. <laughs> sharp, sharp start. Why can't we hear Rick? I don't think you can get it off mute either. Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, on. We can unmute I tried him, to we? unmute him, but it's not working. Right. Whilst Rick works that out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, Rick sorts out his connection problems. Um, we are going to leave all these in um, today. No edits because we're all going to be on our best behaviour. Um, because I know there was a few last week, wasn't there? Uh, so, yeah, why Rick sorts this out in terms of his connection, which seems to happen every single week. We can talk about Rick. And his his behaviour from from yesterday. Well, let's talk about the night out, shall we? Before we actually talk about the football. So, Jack, um, we en- ended up in the, the Robert Peel, didn't we? After the game yesterday, I walked through the door. You were there. Jordan was there. Your dad was there, and then Rick was there. And um, yeah. Rick said he'd he'd been there since half time. And one of my main memories I remember from from well, when I found from when I first walked in, was, was Rick shouting at your dad, John, John, what would you do? What would you do, John? <laughs> you know, and pretty much everyone in the pub is looking at Rick as he swigged his pint and, and little bottles of air, which he snuck in his pocket, you know, shouting at your dad. So um, he, he had an eventful night. It was very entertaining, wasn't it? He, he was He was about half a yard away from my dad as well. I don't <laughs> think it was necessary to be quite that loud. He'd also no. managed to be sat in a pub on his own for most of the second half and get like threatened to be thrown out. So um yeah it was it was it was rather eventful really. Uh he um 
he, it, it was a hell of a performance from, from Rick last night. Um, mainly that he managed to last so long. And um, when he does come back on stream, uh, he owes me 40 quid for his cab home that we had to put him in. So I'll be <laughs> speaking to him about that. Yeah. It, my my favourite part was was when we eventually managed to, to get Rick to leave because he wouldn't leave, even though it was quite clear abundantly for, for everyone that he needed to go home, um, was when I was escorting him out of the bar. And he turns around and looks at me and goes, where are we? Um, and we have a video of that, which made me laugh endlessly. Um, Jordan, I, I'd imagine as, as well, you're probably far more keen to talk about Rick's antics yesterday than, than the game itself. Rick is back, by the way. Hopefully you can hear him. He's back. Um, are, you, are you there, yeah. Rick? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Right, one second, <laughs> yeah, mate. Sorry. Jo Jordan's, Jordan's, Jordan's just going to talk about you. Um, oh, while, God, while go on here. then. Yeah. Apologies um, for last night. <laughs> <laughs> not not to a face. Not because I'm scared of him. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was more entertaining than the game, put it that way. I, I snuck off at about nine o'clock, I think, because I realised that I'd only had a pie all day and I felt horrendous. So if I felt bad this morning, I'd dread to think what state Rick was in. I'm just amazed he wasn't sick in the Uber, to be honest. I think that's... He might have been. He's just not. He might not have told me or he can't remember. I I can't remember. I don't so, remember. So we we had to <laughs> we had to find your wife on Instagram. Yeah. Message right. her because we don't obviously don't have her number. Message yeah. her to tell her we'd put you in an Uber and we think we we got your address right, but I've got no idea because you just kept showing early ten, early ten <laughs> at me. I was like, it could be anywhere. I then said your address, and you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Your your poor wife, and eventually, like you can track the Uber on um, on the way there, so we could see it was in some cul-de-sac somewhere, but it was stuck for about seven minutes, and it wouldn't end the journey. So we were like frantically messaging your wife, being like, "Is is he home?" She was like, "No, I've got no idea where he is." So I'd I'd love to get your recollect recollections of um of what happened if you if you do have any. Nope, none whatsoever. Um, I remember meeting you all in the Robert Peel. Um, met your dad, who's uh, it was great to meet. Um, I vaguely remember us going somewhere else. Can you remember meeting um, Gordon Strachan? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you describe you describe the landlady in the Robert Peel as a female. <laughs> she didn't like me, did she? Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Rick, you, you very nearly didn't make this evening's recording. What is that correct? You know, today's been a struggle for you, hasn't it? It's been awful. With I'm going to be honest with you, but what's made it even worse is my daughter opted to eat some raw sausages yesterday, apparently. Oh, no. Yeah, and guess who was on Poe Brown Watch when she did her first pump filler? Me. <laughs> I can still smell it now. It's horrendous. So I was doing that. I was being sick whilst that was happening. <laughs> so, no, it's been a horrible day. I've got really bad indigestion. Um <laughs> I just, I've cried a couple of times. Um, oh, mate, stop it. I feel bad for laughing. The, even the dog wants nothing to do with me. She's scurrying off into a basket. It's just oh, one wow. of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's one of them. It absolutely is. Um, <laughs> we should probably do this one. Um, well, you know, I don't know what... It's just well, I mean, everyone's had a drink. <laughs> Apologies for last night. So you had to do much groveling to the wife. Um, what was she, uh, was she impressed by your state, or is she just used to it? She's used to it, but she said I kept trying to run a bath when I got in, <laughs> but refused to get in it. And it was just a it was just a cold bath. There was no warm in it. So I don't know whether I was uh, trying to do an ice bath like you boys. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just she's she's not overly amused with me, but there's been worse. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, look. Um, let's talk a little bit about the football. Um, 
there is plenty of music. And also I put it on, on Twitter, didn't I, for, for music suggestions, and there were loads. Uh, so first of all, thanks for all that. But also, I'd imagine it's one of them occasions where it's really quite easy. There's a, you know, a long list of possible options of, of song choices. Uh, we did go with that Paul Johnson um, down. Um, he's tongue in cheek. We, you know, we are trying to make light of, of a situation. I mean, if you want to go to the extremes, um, my mum suggested this. And I thought, I said to my mum, I said, no, mum, that's probably a little bit too much. But then Jack went and suggested the exact same thing, and it was this one. Yeah, uh, that's a real song by Muse. I'd never heard that till today, Jack. I hadn't heard it either. That was sent to me by Graham Smith of Fox's Pride. So oh, thanks, was to Graham. For, yeah, yeah, I had a nap this afternoon. I woke up and he'd sent that to me, and I couldn't really make head or tail of why he why he'd sent me a song saying we are fucking fucked apart from the football, but. Um, I then checked our Twitter account and saw the deluge of suggestions, all excellent suggestions, by the way. Yeah, no, they were. And and, and also the, the title of today's podcast is, as well. Um, as of yet, I think it is undecided. Um, but my suggestion, and when I say my suggestion, this actually came from, from someone who, who messaged me. And you know, I'm sure we'll get onto it. But the, the, the news that James Madison decided to to delete his, his Twitter account following the game at the, at the weekend. And, you know... If you go on somebody's Twitter account and when it has been deleted, the words that you will see in front of you is something went wrong. And um, I thought that that was quite fitting for for the, for the title of, of today's podcast. So whoever sent that to me on Twitter, um, yeah, no, that one may well get used. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat about which one we end up going with. Um, look, there is the game, but 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 Jack, am I also right in saying that as we record, there's been um, news about... Breaking news. Breaking is this, news. Is this, can, can we do this? Jesse yeah. Marsh, have we got news? Yeah, but Jesse Marsh has turned us down. Can you do it um, like Jim White for me, please? Oh, hi there. <laughs> That's a terrible Scottish accent. Um, I Joel can do a Scottish accent. Rick can definitely do a Scottish accent. Um, he wants to be Jim White. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could do it. I know Jim. He's a good bloke. He's a great bloke. I can't even believe that. <laughs> it's too Scottish, that, isn't it? Too Scottish for Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can believe anyway. it. That's the thing. I can believe he's turned it down. Would, yeah. So anyway, is, back, back is to the news. <laughs> Jesse Marsh has turned down Leicester. Is this the very definition of mixed emotions? So no, on the yeah. one, on on the one hand, right, I didn't want him anywhere near the football club. Same. Um, uh, on the other hand, we've been turned down by Jesse Marsh. So like. <laughs> But we I'm hoping you can't even get a terrible manager to manage yeah. us. But, but, but I'm hoping that this is something to do with the contract length, right? You know, if Leicester have now decided, because I mean, we, we don't know for sure, do we? I've, I've not actually read the article, so look, I mean, I probably should do it at some point. But you know, the, the, the rumors were that it was a, a three year deal on the table. If Leicester have now decided they don't want to offer him a three year deal and then he's turned us down, then I'm absolutely okay with that, if that's the well, case. If, Jake, if you read the uh, article yeah. in the Telegraph, yeah, um, tell us more, mate by Sam Wallace and John Percy. So it's got to be fairly accurate. Yeah. Um, it says he watched the game against Bournemouth. I <laughs> 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 went, um, went, fuck this. Went, yeah. went, fuck this. Uh, and then he, he spoke to his coaching staff and apparently he um, disagrees with the profile of player that we'd need to get us back out of the championship, which is, is code so- for exactly what Jack said. He's seen us play and thought, not a fucking chance no, on managing them. Do we think, presumably, you know, like the club think we can get away by signing average bad players. Jesse thinks, no, no, you actually need to sign some good players. Mm. Like that, Maybe that's the disagreement because we haven't, we haven't signed many good players for a while. So maybe that's that's the problem. Yeah, but Leeds have got half the American team and the ones he managed at, at Salzburg. So there's not many other players that, that Jesse Marsh can sign, is there? So, um, I mean, look, you know, joking aside... I think that's good news. Um, it's still obviously... It's just bad news and irrelevant news. Well, it is. It, the thing is, obviously we need a manager and I don't think that could have been any more apparent you know, during the game against Bournemouth on Saturday. As I said, you know, it's one of the worst performances that I've ever seen. And look, it's, it's not the two coaches' fault, but you could quite clearly see that that was a team not being managed by anyone. You know, there was there was no obvious tactics. There was no patterns of play. There was no nothing. The substitutions. I mean, any one of us could have could have done that in terms of what we saw on on Saturday. They desperately need a new manager. We desperately need a new voice. You know, because you know we, we've now spoken about you know Brendan Rodgers. Then oh well, should we have sacked him anyway? Well, look, you know, for 
you know, because we have had a little bit of stick at, at times about, you know, being loyal to Brendan and then now people saying, well, we should have never sat him in the first place. And look, there's a million opinions and, and, and voices, you know, trying to trying to kind of get themselves out there at the moment. But the, the reality is, is that I like Brendan Rodgers as a manager, but it got to the point that I felt like we had to make a change. We sat Brendan Rodgers, but we've not made a change. So my point is, is that if they weren't going to actually make a change, then you may as well have actually stuck with Brendan Rodgers, because in my opinion, there's no way that those performances against Villa and Bournemouth would have been that bad if Brendan Rodgers had still been in charge. You know, if, if the board had decided they were going to sack Brendan Rodgers, keep him in position until you find a new one. Don't sack him and then put Sadler and, and Stowell in charge for two arguably of your most important games of the season and end up with zero points. Um, it's Yeah, so, so that's it. We, we just needed a new voice, but I just didn't want that new one to be Jesse Marsh. You know, we need somebody to, to get us through until the end of the season and then reassess them options there, not to give Jesse Marsh a, a three-plus year contract. You know, a guy who hasn't even lasted a year in his last two jobs. So how he thinks he can go around demanding a three-year contract is, is just absolutely beyond me. Um, Rick, dare I ask, what do you make of the news? I'm delighted. It's the only thing I've smiled at all day. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, you'd, I was not looking forward to having him. I'd rather have him than Stowell and Sadler, if I'm honest, because, as you say, from the little bits I do remember yesterday, that <laughs> performance was horrifying. There was just nothing. Um, it is worse than under Rogers, which is beggar's belief. Um, I just don't know. Are they are they tactically inept, Stowell and Sadler? They just not know how to convey, um, you know, a, a game plan and message. But we just look, uh, without shadow of a doubt, the worst team in the league, worse than Southampton, yeah. easily. I mean, yeah. Southampton have done the double over us, so you know so they're, they're definitely in South Bournemouth now. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it's, it's pathetic. Um, I just. The thing is, someone like Jesse Marsh, I've got major concerns about how good he is. I like the energy he brings, and it, short term, I think it might have done okay. And that's sort of the, where we're at. We've got to hoodwink someone, even, even if we, you know, don't don't want them for longer than ten games. Well, eight games or whatever we got left, you might have to go with giving them a few year deal and then sacking them. If you don't want them anyway, I mean, it's no our feelings. Give me years, sell her in, off the go. But yeah, I, I don't know where we turn to next because apparently the only person who said they're willing to come in until the end of the season is Dean Smith. Oh, um, and the only good thing about Dean Smith is Shakespeare. But then you know we we've been there, haven't we? And is that a good thing? Shakespeare? No, probably not. Only a modicum of. Comfort, maybe, and he carries two balls particularly well, doesn't he? Under his arms, he's always uh, always done well. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, someone joked Robbie Nielsen's left heart yeah, today. I saw that. <laughs> oh, imagine it. Well, if he's any, he was here under Pearson, wasn't he? He played about 20 games. Um, under Pearson. I think, I think, I think Levine signed him. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. And he was, oh yeah, he was bang average, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I remember his debut. I think he was away at Sheffield United, and I just remember thinking, Christ! But he had a was long throw. No, I don't think it was Levine because that was, was Maybury. Yeah, 2009. Um, yeah, good point. Alan Maybury. I think Levine. it was. I think it was Pearson's first right first stint. Mm. No, you might be right. Um, but Jordan, um, on this game plan or, or lack of. From from Saturday, because because there's loads of things to to go out here. I mean, Rick is absolutely right that um, the performance was, was dreadful, and Bournemouth have taken six points from us. Southampton have done the same. You know, I thought Bournemouth were, were so so average yesterday, but but I mean, with all due respect, to them, they're, they're getting everything out of themselves. You know, it's it's they're just they haven't got great players, and they. And I was saying this before the game that that we're coming up against the Bournemouth side today who are fighting for their lives. You know, they're fighting for their futures. You know, whether they're Premier League players or Championship players, there is so much on the line for Bournemouth. Where for us, there's just not. You know, those players they know they're not going to be here next season, and now you're asking them to 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 fight. You know, for this football club. You know, and then you couple that with the fact that there's not actually a manager at the moment, and also um, they're devoid of any kind of confidence. Was it now nine games without a win? 
I said before the game, and I, and I hate I hate feeling like that and saying that beforehand, but I said I'm fearing the worst. You know, I fully expect to, to lose this game of football today. And then hearing Adam Sadler um, after the game yesterday saying that, that Harry Suter had, had been rested and that Bubu Sumari had been brought into the side to, to add energy, I couldn't quite believe what I was hearing. I mean, so so Harry Suter went on international break, didn't he, with Australia, and picked up a knock and we were worried about it. But Australia then didn't play him and, and allowed him to, to come back, I presume, um, with the intention so he was fit to, to play at the weekend. So I, I'd imagine he was OK to play, and, and we believe he was. What on earth are we doing resting players you know when you've only got eight games left of a season and we're, and we're desperate for wins you know and the the option or the alternative is is bringing Daniel Amati in and you've got Soyuncu, Evans and, and Suter available and then for for Buba Sumare I mean look you know I've openly not been a, a fan and, and been a critic of him of, of him all season but for for anyone who is who is a fan of him you you couldn't possibly argue that he brings energy to to any football side I mean I everything from, from start to finish of, of what I saw and then what I heard afterwards just beggared belief for me. Yeah, if we're talking, um, we'll, we'll start with Sadler and Stow. Um, just obviously, we didn't do the pod um, after the Villa game. Starting with the Villa game, we had, you, you've sacked a manager, you want this new manager bounce. What I don't understand is why anyone would set up a team to sit in their own half I know Villa are on a good run, but you're at home. Press high up the pitch, get the ball forward quickly when you've got it. And we, we just sat there, in our, camped out in our own half. We had 35% possession. That's got to be the lowest we've had for, well, definitely this season, I'd imagine. I can't remember us having less than 35% possession. Mm. Um, and then against Bournemouth, well, it, it was just even worse. It was absolutely wretched. But how anyone can think that Dan Amati should start over suits is is absolutely staggering. Yeah, it and, is. And, and Sumari, I was thinking about this this morning. I think he's the worst player I've ever seen play for Leicester in the Premier League. He's, mm. he's absolutely fucking shite. He's garbage. Wow. Anyone who, whoever scouted him, I'd love to hear their reasoning, what they've seen in that player. Because even in League Un, I can't imagine him being any good. He, he's so slow and lazy. It's yeah. unbelievable. And he's supposed to be playing centre mid. Um, and then See, that's, again, my, that's my problem with him, Jordan. It's, it's, it's an apparent lack of effort. You know, and yeah. I said this to, to Jack yesterday. There was, there was a period, in, there was a, a moment in the first half where we were on the break and there was a good opportunity for us. And we had a couple of options in front of him. And look, he, he, he played the pass and the pass wasn't quite right. You know, I'm not going to get on his back for that because, you know, you, know, you, you make mistakes. You can't, every pass can't be perfect. But the ball then kind of ricochets and bounces back towards him. And it goes to the Bournemouth player next to him. The Bournemouth player gets the ball and bombs up the pitch and Bournemouth on the break. And Samara just jogged back, made yeah. no effort. What's the, bear, in mind, it's him, bear in mind, it's him that's given the ball away. And he's the closest man to the man with the ball. And he made no effort whatsoever. And that's before I even get on to the amount of times. He was like just tripping over the ball, you know, giving the ball away. He was, it, it, yeah, he was absolutely useless yesterday. And, and again, this is a player who, again, I don't know exactly, but is earning around £100,000 a year. I mean, that, it, that's it just staggering. Absolutely blows my mind that somebody has has given him that contract, and we had an opportunity to sell him in the summer after last season, where he showed nothing really, and we decided to keep him. Yeah, uh, it's absolutely staggering. And then, so you know, you've got those two. I, I assume that Suits and Mendy were probably injured, but obviously not. And then, how how you can start Jamie Vardy after his performance, not only against Villa, but this season as a whole, it's quite evident. You know, yeah. he's the best player we've ever had. He can't run. Um, all he does is stand in the centre circle, pointing at other players to close down. At one point yesterday, Madison was in the, the nine, pressing the back four, and Vardy was just stood in the ten doing, doing fuck all. And any time the ball goes up to him, he can't hold it up. It keeps coming straight back. He cannot play another game for us this season. Yeah, He's that bad. And I don't think he'd be any good in the championship. And he's earning 120 grand a week. Now, yeah, no, I know. I know. I, I, I've, you know, obviously I was a big Rogers fan, and you know, two lads came up to me yesterday and said, "Well, maybe you were right about Rogers because I've, I've been saying about the board, we've gone from being the best-run football club in the country, arguably, to the worst in two years." Now, back in the summer, you know, things started to go wrong after the Forest game, but Rogers is saying this squad needs investment, right? So you either yeah. back him or you sack him. Because yeah. he, he doesn't want to work in, in those conditions. 
So you get rid of him then. And then what I can't fathom for the life of me is that the start of the season, we had seven, the first seven games. How they've not sounded any managers out at that point and thought, we might have to sack the manager here. We need to sound, um, we need to sound some managers out who might want the job. Now, we had a bit of a, a run. And then the same things happened again after the World Cup. And I can't believe for the life of me. And I know they've, they've given Rodgers as long as they could. And then there was 10 games left. They thought, right, we've got to make a change, maybe to appease the fans, take heat off themselves. Um, it, they, they were claiming that the players didn't want him. Well, fuck the players. They're all out of contract. They don't want a beer and they don't give a toss. And the ones that do want a beer ain't good enough. Yeah, and it's an that's absolute, the problem. It, it's an absolute mess. And then to sack the manager, fine, but you've got two home games where you've got in two goalkeeper coaches who, quite frankly, haven't got a clue. Um, the, the tactics have been non-existent. And now we've got a manager that Leeds didn't want turning this down, yeah. and a manager that, that Villa didn't want, who, who is now the, the, you know, supposed to be the saviour. Um, so from top to bottom, it is a complete mess. And it, and it stems from the board. It's their fault. They should have either got Rod, rid of Rodgers sooner. Um, when they did get rid of Rodgers, they haven't got a backup plan. They haven't got a contingency plan. They're delaying every decision. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they're changing their mind left, right and centre. And it, it's an absolute shambles. And then that goes back to the contracts. Because like you said, Jake, the players aren't fighting. You know, you look at Bournemouth. Um, well, any team down there. I didn't actually see Leeds today. I know they got battered, but Palace were obviously down there as well. The players just don't care. It's so obvious to see. And you yeah. see them at the end of the game yesterday. They were almost, they were in like a huddle at the end of the game and they almost didn't know what to look. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't know what to do. do, did they? No, they didn't. No, and then, and obviously Madison's made a mistake. We might come on to the captains. Your two captains in the last two games have cost us both games on their own. Indeed, he was captain, gave the ball away. Madison was captain, gave the ball away. Both are not captains. Both probably won't be here next season. No leadership whatsoever. No accountability at the football club. And we are, we are going to finish bottom of the league. Mm. And I, and no, I, 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 yeah, and I, I think we, we may well do. And look, Jack, you know, no signings in the summer or as, or as good as. Um, no manager lined up. Uh, no contracts sorted out. I mean, it is at that point now, isn't it, where, you know, I, I said this at full time yesterday where people were saying, you know, what a, what a, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were chatting at the player saying basically what a load what of rubbish. What the fucking hell was that? That's it. Yeah. But for me, it's, 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 it's I mean, obviously the, the players play a role in this, of course they do, because they didn't play very well. But for me, the energy should now be directed at the football club because of them reasons, you know. The, 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 the apparent or, or what it appears of lack of anything, any kind of inaction or any, you know, decisiveness, just anything coming from the top of this football club appears to like nothing's happened for like two years. And for me, the energy has to be directed that way. I I think you're right about how long it's gone back. I was thinking today, but this hasn't just happened. We haven't just become shit overnight. We've become steadily worse for the period of about two years so you go back to the start of last season we won the community shield in the same week Fafana broke his leg and then actually ever since then we've got steadily worse so we didn't start that season particularly well we went to West Ham got absolutely battered uh Vestergaard gets injured as soon as we've signed him so this club has been at its best when we've been properly decisive so Powell wasn't good enough. We went two days later, got Rogers at like action. When in the summer, then, you know, Perez becomes available. I know Perez wasn't a particularly good signing, but we were really decisive about who we went after and what we were doing. We seem to be absolutely paralysed by indecision. So, you know, all the talk last year was that the club were, you know, gambling on getting in Europe again because that's what they wanted to be. They wanted to, you know, challenge the top six. If if we finished eighth and that is not good enough, then you sack the manager as a result of that. You you don't care what other people say. That is the aspiration for this football club. That's what we should do. You don't do this sort of halfway out. I mean, the summer was just bizarre. Like, and I don't even whether there was or whether there wasn't a conversation with Rogers. There obviously wasn't a very constructive one because he wasn't happy about it. 
the, the communication line seems to have completely broken down between him and the the ownership. If he's coming out and going, I need six new players, someone needs to tell him, stop saying that because we don't have any money. But they didn't. They just let him mm. say it. And then he has to come out at the end of the season and go, well, why haven't we signed anyone? Oh, right, it's a reset of culture. And then he looks like an absolute prat. And I know he's particularly good at looking like a prat. <laughs> and it doesn't need a lot of help sometimes. But um, it, it's just, I, I can't get over the, the fact that this rot has been so onset. I look at, at two, two clubs for me who we've been ahead of, but have had the same challenges as us. And are absolutely fine. Villa are on the cusp of Europe. When Villa sacked their manager, they were on the same number of points as us. They spent a lot of money to get Gerard down from Scotland, not dissimilarly to us. They spend more money than us. They don't earn as much money as us. Um, they might not spend as much money on wages. That's that's another thing. They go out and get Emery. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of Emery. I didn't think it was a great appointment. I mean, more for me because he's mm. been a very, very good appointment. Brighton... Brighton have had to go and sell all their best players. They have a proper plan when their players leave. I, I mean, I, I sort of I forgot about Trossard leaving today because I was watching the the Liverpool Arsenal game. I mean, what they've had to deal with and where they are, that is properly run and properly planning. We seem to have lost any idea of contingency planning, and I think that's you know come home to roost in the last week. You you can sack sack Rogers fine like we all we all agreed that was probably the right thing to do you must have some semblance of a plan on who you're going to get in you can't just expect the caretaker to i mean who are both goalkeepers as jordan rightly said (laughs) one of them's played no professional football in his entire career um to to get a turnout of that and and we've been worse in the last two games so it, it it is so frustrating because it's been going on on for so long and you know it's not even it's less than a year since we were in Eindhoven and and the decline has just accelerated and accelerated and 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 for me you know when we're looking at managers now I'm almost getting to the stage of just don't appoint anyone because the summer is going to be massive if we make the wrong choice short term that could paralyze us for a lot longer so actually you know it sounds ridiculous, but maybe just accepting that we're getting relegated and getting ourselves in the best possible chance to appoint the best person in the summer might be a better thing than appointing some absolute twat now who we have to sack again in a year's time. Yeah, well, that is that is the, the fear, isn't it? That, you know, that to, to find a good manager right now, they're very unlikely to take the job because if if we are relegated, which there is a very now good chance that we will be, that looks dreadful for their CV and they're not going to want to manage in the championship because they're a good manager. So you, the, the the reality is if you are going to appoint somebody, the only way that it works for both parties is if it's an interim until the end of the season and that they get the, the job on, on a permanent if they are successful in, in keeping us up. But, but even then, that's in, incredibly difficult to do because... Um, not many good managers are out there right now and they're going to want a, a longer commitment like what Jesse Marsh did. And, and Jesse Marsh isn't even that good. Um, but yeah, just the, the 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 lack of action from the board has just been, is absolutely breathtaking. It, it genuinely is. You know, these are people who earn you know, huge amounts of money. It's their, their full-time job. You're thinking, right, so if, if, if you're not looking for new managers or if you're not signing new players, if you're not sorting out contracts, what on earth are you doing? other than just scouring Twitter, um, looking for, for for bad things being said about you and, and, and banning fans unnecessarily. You know, there's there's so much energy, um, I feel, being directed in the wrong areas by the football club. There's been so many own goals, you know, PR-wise, this season by the football club. And there just feels like a massive disconnect between the fan base, you know, and, and, and the ownership when at times like this, they need the fans more than anything. And, you know, Rick, before the game yesterday, you know, we had the TFO, didn't we, from Union FS, which was great. Um, and to know what, I might get some stick for this. They brought the clappers back. And actually, I thought that was a good idea because I think it did add something. I genuinely did. You know, but they, they tried, didn't we? And we tried. And I was thinking, you know what, the first 10 minutes, you know, we, we can play a role here and, and help the team out. You know, just like I, I, I used the example a couple of times, the back end of last season, Everton, the Everton fans were brilliant. And I generally think that they played a huge factor in keeping them up last season. You know, it probably wasn't Frank Lampard and his wonderful managerial ability. It was, I feel like it was the fans. And, you know, 
I feel that the club at the moment just, yeah, so many times it's been own goals when they need us and they need us onside. We tried yesterday and we genuinely did, but after 10 minutes, after 15 minutes, you could just sense that the the the, the, the players just, you could just get that feeling, couldn't you, mate, that the players just, they didn't have that fight, they didn't have that direction and there's only so much we can do really, isn't there? Yeah, um, obviously, what was it, 2014-15, the great escape then. I mean, the, the crowd were electric in those final nine games. Um, but, you know, it comes if if the energy's on the pitch, we'll get behind them, won't we? And we can try and, and rouse it like we did in the opening spell of the game. But it's just so difficult to maintain that, isn't it? Um, when they're not doing anything on the pitch and they're making silly mistakes like Madison did yesterday and then did he on uh, on Tuesday. It's difficult to keep keep the atmosphere going when that's happening. Um I don't know. We we obviously do have our part to play because if we can somehow drag us over the line, then we've got to try and do that. But, you know, a lot of the players and managers will always say it's down to them to get the fans to, to be um, behind them. And and that's inevitable, really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just everything just feels it's just it's just tragic. It really is from where we've got to as well. Um I, I just find it so overwhelming to consider relegation and how we pick up the pieces because it almost feels like, what's the point? You know, we've mm. done what we've done in the last nine years and we still can't maintain being a solid premiership team, Premier League team for, for you know, for, for more than nine years if if we can't do it from that position, we're never going to. So it almost feels like, what's the point? Which is ridiculous yeah. because that, you know, we're all still going to support Leicester because what else is there to do? Um, but it's just, it's just horrible. And I just don't see how we get out of it. Um, yeah, no, we've I agree. got to get a manager. We've got to. I just, I just don't know if we can. I just don't know if we can for all the reasons we've said. You know, the club have just acted too late. And, you know, the position that we're in now, who in their yeah. right mind is going to take it? You know, we, we've discussed it. We know some of the, the, the managers abroad. Rick, it's, it's quite apparent that, that, that the club just is just not on their radar. They don't, um, no. They, they always look for Premier League experience, yeah. don't they, of sorts. Um so, so it's going to yeah. be that, that same list and that, that merry-go-round of these hugely uninspiring names. And we don't want them, do we? We don't want them. No. I mean, the only... Um, I, I think they've got to look for somebody who, if the inevitable happens and we do go down, that it's a manager that won't mind managing in the Championship. And that's somebody who's probably... It's a step up to come into the Premier League. But also you know, they're going to be paid handsomely, whether it's Premier League or Championship. They'll still be on a few million a year. So there's going to be plenty of dynamic, young, progressive managers out there that would still come to us. I, I do believe they would, you know. We'll be a big draw in the Championship. Massive, of course we will. We've, I mean, if, Burn, if Burnley can get someone like Company in, I don't exactly. know, there's other reasons for why they did that. I, I don't think, you know, I, I still think we can get someone someone decent I think it requires us to be a little bit more imaginative and not yeah. get fed a list by a load of agents yeah which but that's it, what, what that's what it feels like it's happening Jack it doesn't feel like they're going out to, to find a manager it's not like say with, for instance with, with Rogers they they identified they wanted Brenton Rogers and they got him and now it feels like I, they, they, they don't know who no to get. and I I don't get this right because the club spends uh, the club employs a thousand people, by the way. That, that's a hell of a lot of people, and and yeah. and going down for the Premier League will. I'm, I wouldn't like to speculate, but I'm sure. I'm assuming when you lose half your revenue, that that creates some challenges in in places. Um, we spend. I, I don't know how much we spend on scouting, but we have scouts everywhere. Why don't we scout managers? Yeah, hundred percent. You should always. You should always. So Martin George, who used to be chairman all the time said you should always have two or three at any one point who you would move in to be manager because your managers are either three games from getting poached or three games from getting sacked. And yeah. it, it just doesn't seem like we've had any... We we gave Rogers the keys 
which, you know, at one point looked like absolutely the right thing to do. We probably gave him too much control because we let him bring in, in his own doctors and his own scouts and, and everything else. And he ripped up the blueprint a little bit. And we've probably tried to wrestle control back from him a little bit, which he's not liked. But why we haven't, why there is no sort of scouting for managers, I, I can't get my head around. Why there wasn't an evolution of the coaching staff. You know, like Chris Davies has been there for a long time as his number two. Colo obviously went to Wigan, which was possibly a, a good thing for us because he's turned <laughs> out to be absolutely useless at Wigan. But there should have been some involvement. There should have been a plan to almost like get someone through as as the next manager in a way we've done previously. If you remember when we went down under my, uh, Dave Bassett previously, we let Mickey Adams then take over, who turned out to be a very good championship manager. So there's some forward planning there, but it just doesn't seem like there's been any forward planning. It was just give Rogers the keys and 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 see what happens. And then we remove Rogers and actually go, has he made us look good for a, a good two or three years? Yeah, probably he has. And now we look, you know, hopeless without him. You know, yeah. it, I, I, I can't, we look dreadful with him, but in a week, you know, the only person that's come out of the, club with any credit really in the last week is Brendan Rogers, which is a ridiculous thing to say given <laughs> that true. you know he's part of this yeah no you're right and Jack I agree with everything you've just said I mean you know without going over the same ground that you know it just it just blows my mind that the lack of, of action that's what makes this hurt most of all because we just should not be in this position you know success in the Premier League is difficult to come by and everyone's after the same thing and you know, lots of teams are spending money but the reality is, is that Leicester had the greatest opportunity in their history to establish themselves as a top half club, you know, off the back of a miracle. Yes, of course, with the Premier League. But just look at, I mean, if you if you want to go back that far, I know it was a, a different regime as such in terms of the coaching. But even that that summer window after the after the Premier League title, how he completely and utterly balls that up. You know, within 12 months, every single player had either left the club permanently or on loan. Um you know, and, and then with the, the two fifth place finishes again, you know, in the FA Cup win, the, the revenue that came into the football club and the opportunity to establish itself for the first time, you know, as a genuine contender was there. It was literally there. The, the goal was open, yet somehow they've 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 just turned around and, and gone back the other way. Um, you know, and the, the inaction again, you know, Jordan, you, you can look at this se- season, um, you know, Casper Schmeichel. That situation. Now, look, I know we've heard stories since that maybe he wasn't as popular as as maybe we thought he was when he was at the club. But still, he was the club captain and he was a huge personality. You know, And that that rumour that he was going to leave didn't just come out of nowhere. So the fact that they then allowed that to happen with a week to go of the season and then not replace him. Now, I know or well, I think we know that it was it was Roger's decision to, to stick with Danny Ward. He wanted to give him a go. But. You know, to, to lose a personality like that in the dressing room and not replace him now just feels like a ridiculous decision. And I mentioned this again, you know, at the weekend to you guys, even with Wesley Fofana, you know, why did we let him go? You know, I know that, again, people will talk about the finances, etc. But we saw with Brighton in the summer or in January, so with Moses Caicedo, Arsenal were coming with money. They just said, no, he's not for sale. He's yeah. not for sale. You know, if you want to sign him, come in the summer. You know, I don't know why Les just said to Chelsea or didn't say to Chelsea, he isn't for sale. Wesley Fofana would have sulked for a couple of weeks, but eventually would have put his big boy pants on and, and wanted to play football again. And I just think that, yeah, it just, yeah. Jack, I think that's something you wanted to say as well. But, you know, as you can tell, I'm, I'm kind of just so angry and frustrated and just there's so many things. It's just, it's, the, the list is endless, isn't it, where we've gone so wrong constantly. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Jordan speak because I can't actually remember what I was <laughs> going to say, apart from... <laughs> On on Schmeichel, on Schmeichel, I I absolutely agree with you. I don't know what's been reported. I'm pretty certain Rogers would have wanted a replacement. Yeah, because I know I I've heard him say he doesn't think Ward is good enough. So not not directly through through other people and stuff. So um, I, I think he would have wanted a key. And let, and letting Schmeichel go was fine. Like you can let let players go. Letting Schmeichel yeah. and Fafana go not a very good idea letting Schmeichel and Fafana go and not replacing your club captain is a terrible idea mm. and when we've said it repeatedly about you know a lack of personalities Jordan in the dressing room and you know that couldn't have been any more apparent again on, on Saturday and I feel desperately sorry for, for James Madison because 
I think I'm right in saying he's the sixth player to, to have the captain's armband this year. And he has shown leadership qualities at times this season, particularly you know, with his, his post-match interviews. And, you know, he has been a bit of a talisman. Or he has been a talisman. You know, the player we, we've turned to. But it doesn't necessarily then make you a good captain. And, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that, that since he has had the armband, his performances have dropped off somewhere. No, it may well be a coincidence. We don't know. But I feel desperately sorry for him that he was given the captain's armband yesterday. He was then at fault. For, for the goal itself. And, you know, we've now had this drama of you know him coming off Twitter because of, of the abuse he's probably received. I'm not sure if he if, if that was the reason or not. We, we, ultimately, we're not going to know. But we've spoken about this before, haven't we, of, of the lack of personalities and characters in that dressing room. There wasn't one on that football pitch yesterday. And the club captain, Johnny Evans, haven't heard him speak once this season. I know he didn't play yesterday, but is there, there, there isn't anyone, is there? There's no one, you know, and allowing Schmeichel to go, to give it to Johnny Evans, to give it to all Brighton. I don't know. I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't know how you can have a football team without anyone who's like a leader. I don't. I don't know. Well, on, on Madison, I'm going to stop short of saying I feel sorry for him. Um, but it, you know, it's like if he doesn't do something, we've lost, and that yes. weight on his shoulders is is immense. Um, and now Barnes looks like he's going to be out with a hamstring injury. That'll only intensify, but. You know, to Rick's point, like he says, I think the frustrating thing is um, we would have been 10 years in the Prem next year. Um, and obviously, we, like you said, we've been in the best position in our history. Um, and, and, you know, what? it does feel like what's the point? But in a wider way, you know, I said on for anyone who listened to the, the Twitter spaces, but I don't, re- I don't think people realise what we ha- actually have achieved. Because outside the top six... It, it, it's so difficult to maintain uh, a consistent challenge for Europe with the revenue that we make. And you look, I th- I'm sure I read the other day, Manchester United owe a billion pound. Um, mm. And, you know, Chelsea... Chelsea, been... Chelsea yeah. Have I you mean, seen their, their budgets today? It's, it's, it's yeah. Chelsea, they lost double what we lost and they mm. make double what we lost. So... Yeah. And, and, you know, they're the clubs that you're competing with. And they're the clubs that people expect us to be competing with now because of, of what we've achieved. And um, I'm not sure it, they do, though, Jordan. I, I, honestly, people go, well, people say, well, we've got the seventh highest wage bill in the country. That's what yeah. their argument is for, for um, us no, underachieving I, this season. I'd, 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 I'd make that same argument. Hmm. But, but I'd, I'd we, make that same argument. If we've got an average weekly wage of around 84,000, you know, and again, I know it's not as straightforward and as simple as that, but if you look at teams like Brentford and Brighton and and Fulham, they haven't got anyone earning that kind of money. I mean, Fulham may have to say, for instance, Mitrovic or, or whatever. But the the money that has been spent on that squad, a is, is so countless players who are on contracts they should never ever have earned, and other players who are actually good enough, they're just not showing it. You know, and mm. you know when you are spending that much money, I do think that we should expect that team to be in the top half of the Premier League, and and that's my expectation, not nineteen. We, we, should, we certainly shouldn't be in the bottom three, that's for sure. But, you know, there is a lot of moving parts. And the reason that they're on those contracts is because of what they delivered and what Rogers got out of them. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But as it's turned out, we've put a lot of players on long-term contracts, on high wages, who have probably thought, I, I don't want a beer anymore. I can't do anymore at Leicester City. Now, the club should have moved them on. Um, yeah. You know, they say about, well, we wouldn't have got in the market, we wouldn't have got the, the money that we should have got for, for Tielemans. Well, you're going to lose him for free in the summer. So there's 40 million you've lost. You know, same with Madison. He, he's an 80 million pound player ordinarily under a normal contract. He'll probably go for half that. So they've, again, they've gone away from this model of selling the best player and reinvesting it. And then this summer they're saying George, about... George, even, even Pratt and Tamari, like they, they messed about with them in the summer, move didn't them they? On. Move them like, on. Neither of them wanted to be here. No. And all of a sudden, we've changed their mind on both of them. And they both yeah. contribute the square root of fuck all all season. Well, Robin I mean, said, Pratt did a lovely pirouette on, you know, 88 <laughs> minutes to go backwards yesterday, which is probably the highlight of his season. But I'm sorry, Dennis. But but Rogers clearly doesn't rate Sumari and he clearly didn't rate, he doesn't rate Pratt. But the club wouldn't cut their losses and sell them. They'd rather have kept them and let them run the contract down and pay them an extraordinary amount of money. And then... You know, Rogers came out actually and said about Pratt he's going to be integral this season. Well, he's I think he's 
what you started about one game, two yeah, games. One or two. So, got yeah. so you introduced the other one as well. I can't remember if you've mentioned it, but but why have we why have we stuck around with him? Should've, they should have sold him. They should have said, sold him. right? Are you going to play him? No, I'm not going to play him. Right? Get okay. Rid. Well, we'll just get rid of him then. Same with Esther. Well, what's he doing that? He's just stinking out the the changing room and just being yeah. a miserable fuck. And Bert, Bertrand's run his contract down, and he's been missing in action for eighteen months. So these are the kind of characters you've got at the training ground in the squad, and a manager has to manage these kind of people. It's not that it's not that easy. And you know, again, to your point about Schmeichel, they're saying about well, we needed to get him off the wage bill. Well, you've not replaced him. You've you've let the best keeper you've ever had go, and you've replaced him with Danny Ward, who, again, like Rogers doesn't didn't rate him. Talk about his you know, contract what, as well. For what it's worth, I think Everson looks like he could be a decent goalkeeper. But but Rogers didn't have a choice. He has to play Danny Ward because he can't risk playing Everson. Um, and now, obviously, it's a bit too late. He's realised, right, this bloke's rubbish. So he's put, he put Everson in. And then, you know, again, to your point about Fafana, it's like we'd never got bullied like that in the transfer market before. No, we got We've let him go, ended up with Evans, who's a crisp packet. He's always injured. Sionchu, <laughs> the manager, didn't, didn't like, and Vestergaard. So the club have happily gone into the season with, well, they signed Fez, but they've gone into the season with Dan Amati. And am I missing another centre-half? No. That's all, that's all our centre-halves, isn't it? And so you've gone into the season. In January. Yeah, so you, you've let Fafana go. And it, it's just... It's like Rick says, it's, it's like, what's the point? What is the point? Because for me, next season, we're as likely to end up in League One again as get promoted. You know, you look at Sunderland, another one of Congerton's former clubs, where it ended up with loads of contracts on huge wages, like Jack Rodwell on 50 grand a week in League One. That's, that's no coincidence. And we've got to sell any good players to get some money. We've got to sell the good players and let all the lads out of contract go. And we could, eat, we, you know, we're going to lose hundreds of millions in TV rights. If we don't come back at the first attempt, the parachute payments have gone. We still owe that Australian bank loads of money. Yeah. We, you know, we could easily end up in League One again. And, you know, anyone who says, oh, maybe it'll be a good thing to go in the championship, it will be an absolute disaster. It, Do you want me to rap be... anyone? Live for me a bit. No, no. <laughs> it will be a disaster. And the, you know, only, you... the, the only thing I would say is we don't have people that many on long contracts half the no, squad's no, contracts not. are up by the end of next year which is part of the problem we're in now yes, because they so all know they're going uh, and actually know. the players that are on longer contracts are actually more of the ones that you would want to stick around because they're yeah, gen the, generally better players the, the newer signings and in, yeah. in terms of the manager you know i think we have i said the other day i think it, it was probably the right thing to do to sat Rogers after palace because it was the last roll of the dice. It's the only thing the board could do yeah. because they, they let it fester and get to this situation. But, it, you know, hindsight, like I say, is a wonderful thing. If you look back at the last two games, you've been better off keeping the manager and saying, right, if he takes us down, let him be the one to, to put his stamp on the squad and get us back up. Um, because they're saying that the players aren't having him. Well, they're not going to be here. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you've, got, you've gone from what clearly is a very, very good manager to... You're going to have to go for someone now who's either desperate for a job or the money to keep us up. You either give it Stowell and um, Sadler to the end of the season and finish bottom and don't win a game again. And then in the summer, you've got to go for a young, up-and-coming, hungry manager. That's the only only way you're going to do it. Yeah. And it's, there's, no, there's no forward planning whatsoever from the club. It, it's... And it, I've said it a hundred times. It's it's the board. They're culpable. Yeah. No, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Right. Um. Let's genuinely light lighten the the, the mood a little bit and, and play some. Who are you? Um. Conscious of, of time and yeah, lots of moaning today. Understandably so. Uh, but let's play. Who are you? Who is your daddy? And what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Right then. Um, must mention as well, um, 
the amount of people that are still coming over and saying they listen to the podcast, whatever, and, and see it, the, the King Power and then lots of away games as well. It's it's um yeah, it's it's great to hear and uh, very much appreciative that, that so many of you are listening and uh, appreciate the positive feedback. Um, who is on? Who are you, Jordan? Is it you? It's me. It and, is you. Um, because I'm so useless at this, I thought I'd go for a really hard one to try and stump you. Well, it's not stumping um, us. It's it's stumping Rick. The the, the guy yeah. is a machine. I'm I'm hoping that I'm very hungover, oh. looking, feeling sorry for himself. Rick Flair. This is this is where me and Jack can get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm going to have the brain capacity for this. <laughs> we'll see. Can you remember your own name? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was saying that actually earlier. You know, I was saying this actually to my mum. So she goes, "There's a lot of swearing on the podcast lately." I said, "Yeah." So to be honest, mum, I think we need to maybe just rein it in a little bit. You know, um, you know, we've spoke about you know what we'll do for livings. So it's, it's quite maybe maybe we're taking it a little bit too far. And I said, "But Rick's all right because Rick ain't even bloody Rick." <laughs> 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 you can say what you want, mate. The rest of us say so maybe need to be a little bit careful. But I mean, you got free reign, mate. The club are never going to find you. That's it. Unless your you, you, your season ticket that is down as Ric Flair, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, come on then, Jordan, mate. Uh, try stumpers uh, or start, right. try try stump Rick. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, and get you with this one. So first clue, as always, um, I was born on the 24th of June, 1985. So that makes him 37. Okay. Cool. I like the era already. This is this is a bit of me. I'm feeling it. No guesses so old. far. No, of course not. Come on. Um, okay. He currently plays semi-professional football um, for the for Rams Bottom United, and he is the captain. David Bell. No, good guess. Um, but actually, we played against David Bell a couple You've of years ago. You've already told this story, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, ben Marshall, ben. no, because oh, he was playing semi. He's, younger, he's younger, younger than that. Ben's younger than that. Okay, oh, that was the best chant ever. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, he told a fan to fuck off as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Okay, he made six appearances for Leicester City, scoring no goals. Nice. And I'll further that by saying. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. But he scored in his career a total of 15 goals from what looks roughly like, I'd say, 400 appearances. I've not got his full wow. appearance. I've got his club list. So, Are they 400 professional appearances? Or is he playing they, independent non-league for a long time? I would say he has only played non-league for the last... Well, since 2016... Uh, the rest of it was a, a, a decent EFL career. Harry Worley? No. He might be older than that now. Probably is. It's not so, Joe Mattock. It's not Joe Mattock. Matt Heath. Um, it's not Matt Heath. Don't you dare guess, Rick. You're not allowed to win today, mate. Can we right, mute so... him again? We'll just put <laughs> yeah. him back on mute. <laughs> You've only got two more clues, so I'm going to have to make it a little more easier. Now we'll we'll get any clue currently. Okay, we signed him. I'll give you the year. We signed him in 2010, and then loaned him back out to his former club, Tom Kennedy. Correct. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Rick's lost. (laughs) I'm gonna have to be hung over every week now, aren't I? For some reason. Just before you said that final clue, Kennedy went into my mind, and then as soon as you said that, he went back to Rochdale, didn't he? He signed him from, Chow, from them yeah. and, and went back. Yeah, yeah. and I was going to say it, it, it was a decent player, but just not quite good enough for us. Yeah, he was a decent player, wasn't he? And then yeah, um, I was going to say that he was born in Bury. I thought that might give it away, but his uncle Alan Kennedy played for Newcastle and Liverpool, didn't he? Did, is he yes. the one that did the? No, that's someone Thompson, isn't it? He, no, he sc- 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 famously scored against Real Madrid, Alan Kennedy. Um, I've had him on my talk sports show a number of times. Nice man. He's Alan. not related to DJ Carl Kennedy in Manchester. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know he was. Didn't know he was Tom's Tom's dad. It's a, it's a good little, 
um, bit of information there. So there a very, very random story about people called Kennedy. But when I was at university in Manchester, there was a DJ called Carl Kennedy, who for three years, I believed, was the bloke out of Neighbours, Neighbours who, had a, yeah. who, had a, who had a residency at whatever. <laughs> uh, but it was slightly confusing because in Freshers' Week, the, like Carl Kennedy used to turn up and do the circuit. So that's why I got confused. So there are two Carl Kennedys DJing in the Manchester area around sort of late 2006 or 7. So, yeah. I've always found it slightly bizarre about what a cult hero Dr. Carl Kennedy is from Neighbours. Because he is though, isn't he? You're like, yeah. you're like England, he's so famous. Didn't even DJ, just used to turn up and wave his hands and everyone would cheer. It's like... <laughs> but, but just why, why did people love Dr. Carl Kennedy from Neighbours so much? Of all the characters... That was the one, wasn't it? That people was loved. He became famous. Fisherman. Oh yeah. No, but his his ending was very dark, actually. Mm. Harold's Harold's ending. What happened? Was it Lou or Mad? Well, you know, he lost he lost his mind, didn't he, or something, and then went oh, to the it? sea oh, and and there was a very you know like it was he they presumed drowned, but there was just a picture of his glasses at the end. Oh. Um, I think anyway, yeah. yeah. I used to, I used to, was that like on, on at like 5.35 on weekdays? I think it was a part of my, my routine. Did you have a routine when you got home from school with your TV and you know exactly what time the shows were on? Yeah, yeah that was the, that was the rerun because the, the, the first was show it? was at what, like one o'clock at lunch, wasn't it? And then they put it back on. And I'd go all the way up to Hollyoaks at 6.30 and then usually by seven, that's where I'd have to go out to either be doing some kind of sporting activity. That was my, my childhood. I used to love Robot Wars. I actually yeah. went to watch it live. Did you really? And, uh, where where is that? With Jonathan Pierce the... commentating. Yeah, robots. Stand by. Brookside. Brookside? Brookside? Yeah. Nah, that's, that's dirty, mate. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen the one where the um, Robot Wars, where the children beat the grown man and someone storms off? That's, a, yeah. that's brilliant. That's, that's a classic. Yeah, that is well, classic. Um, and C- Craig Charles also followed me on Twitter when I had it as well, which I was delighted with because he was the master of mayhem. He was. <laughs> Craig, Craig Charles does an unbelievable BB6 radio, yep. Radio 6 show. I BB6 don't know whether he still does it. Yeah, we, we just, uh, the, just, just the soul and funk nights out, yeah, isn't he? Have you, have, you, have you ever been to one of them? I have. No, I've not. It's not it's, class. Yeah, so it's not my usual music. Whatever. Yeah, I went to one of them. It was decent. Did he, did he have his leather Robot Wars jacket on? Oh, I can't remember, mate, but I'm going to guess it. No. <laughs> and that also was my first female crush, Philippa Forrester. She used to roam the pits. Oh, is, I can't remember what she looked like. She was on Blue Peter as well, I think. Definitely on Tomorrow's World. Yeah. Right. Um, should we mention Man City, as soon as that's next? Or should we just presume it's we're all going to say the same thing, it's a free hit, and we've we've not got a manager? <laughs> So, I mean, is, is there anything anyone to add? Because, yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of them, isn't it? it What's the highest ever score that's ever been in the Premier League? Is it 9-0? Oh, OK. Yeah, so it might be the most Leicester City thing ever, wouldn't it? What, if we go and win? Or, or lose 11-0? <laughs> It'd be one of the two. I think our club record defeats 10-0, isn't it, to Forest? Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. I think Christ. so. I think Jack's frozen as well. You froze for me. I'm back. I was just saying it'd be the most Leicester City thing ever if we, if we got, um, you know, after winning nine nil, we go down and one of the final results we get is ten nil. I guess. (laughs) Well, the the club record's twelve nil in nineteen oh nine. Just googled it. Mm -hmm. Can we beat that? Oh dear. Well, anyway, I, th- I remember I mentioned a little while ago as well. I'm heading to Malaga, aren't I? So I wasn't going to be available to do the podcast. I don't know why, because I, I am going to be around, but it's going to be another one of the occasions where I'm not going to have seen the game at all. Um, because yeah, I've got my race on the Saturday and I've got a fly back Sunday morning. Um, so yeah, get this. This is what, what I'm going to have I to do. Can I come with you? Well, you, you can do, but you're going to have to get on the same flight as me back on Sunday morning. So, so I've got so I fly out on Wednesday. I'm going to have a few days to kind of chill and have a bit of a holiday. I've got my race on Saturday, and then also once you do your race, you go out for a few drinks to celebrate, right? But when I booked it, um, I completely forgot that I've got work on the Sunday back here in in London, which is in like in the afternoon, early afternoon. So I've got to fly back from from Malaga or Marbella at seven a.m. in the morning on Sunday. So when you consider I've got to get to the airport a couple of hours beforehand, I'm going to have to leave at about 4am from my villa or from wherever I am at um, 
at that point. I'm just going to have to have a couple of hours sleep on the on the flight, and then an hour back at home. Hopefully, unless unless I'm delayed by anything, then straight to work. So I'm going to be absolutely dreading that. So come Sunday evening when we do the podcast, I'm going to be broken and I'm not going to have seen the game. But I'll be here. But I'll probably be about as quiet as Rick. <laughs> I might just go for a really long run when the game's on, just so I can't like look at my phone. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely dreading it. Um, any other business, lads? Before we before we wrap up today's podcast, are we all in? Can we all go in agreement? You know, something went wrong as, as the title of somebody got a better suggestion. No, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that one, Jack. Um, any other business, mate? Yeah, two two bits for me. So obviously, uh, I think that's our first loss when there's been a TIFO, uh, which is a bit of a shame, but obviously uh, a lot of money and hard work goes into doing the TIFOs. Uh, and uh, we should probably do a plug for Union FS's collection for that because they yes. put in their hand, hand in their pockets to do that. Uh, and the other thing, you know, um, a cause close to all our hearts, it's um, it's National IBS Month. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people say it's okay, you know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay for your stomach not to be okay as well. And, uh, you know, I have found solace in in talking it through with through with you, uh, you and uh, fellow IBS sufferers. So, uh, if if anyone uh, if anyone wants to ever talk about IBS, uh, I am back on Twitter and my DMs are always open. So, there you go. <laughs> That's wonderfully said, Jack. Thank you very much. Of course, um, close to my heart, um, Jack. Yeah, since yeah. since subscribing to AG One, mate, I think your your stomach will be in a lot better place. Uh, <laughs> Since hanging out with Rick, my stomach has not been in a great place. No, and God knows what your stomach feels like. How many bottles of Gaviscon have you drunk today, Rick? I'll do a lot. I'm a very upset bottom, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be off in a minute, actually. Right. Well, Rick, we'll let you go tend to that. Uh, thank <laughs> you for once again um, bringing uh, light to our evening. And I hope you did enjoy the podcast. So the, the news once again. Jesse Marsh has turned down Leicester. So Leicester find themselves in the situation where they've got a big decision to make about who is going to be the new manager. Lads, thank you very much, as always, for your time this evening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll catch you all next week. See ya. Podcast Network.